Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I am host Maria Leonard Olson. I am an author, TEDx speaker, a journalist, podcaster, obviously, and radio show host in Washington, D.C. You can learn more about me at MariaLeonardOlson.com, also in the show notes. And this podcast is about inspiring women and elevating their voices. Today, I have a special treat for you. Julia Roberts is joining us from Los Angeles. She helps thousands of writers every year see their creative process more clearly and master their strengths and struggles. She is on a mission to help writers glide past those awkward, painful moments that can stop your writing in its tracks. She can help you stare down doubt, dread, and delay, and write with more ease and satisfaction. Julia's new book, Write Without the Fight, Master Your Creative Process to Write with Ease and Satisfaction, was launched in May 2022. With this book, Julia helps writers gain confidence and creativity in their writing. She taps into the surprising science of creativity to give the reader grounded, proven, easy to use methods to find clarity, ideas, structure, and to finish their work. She shares her personal experiences and those of her clients with creativity, writing, and publishing. Julia will be performing a TEDx talk called it's not just Mojo, the surprising science of creativity this summer. She's also the author of Sex, Lies, and Creativity, Gender Differences in Creative Thinking, which was published in 2014, and has her Master's of Science in crea Creativity. Mm -hmm. She is also a trained and certified life and creativity coach. You can learn more about Julia's work at decodingcreativity.com. Follow her on Instagram at Julia Decodes and join her private Facebook group, which is called Write Without the Fight. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. Wow, that's a great introduction. I appreciate that. Well, you're <laughs> an amazing person who helps women. Women writers are both men and women. I, I help both men and women, but uh, typically of, of our age group because that's who has time to write. And I don't know if uh, creativities have different ages in which they peak, and writing is an older peak creativity. So, so. interesting. Why do you think mm -hmm. that is? Um, well, the research shows that certain certain creativities come younger, like poetry, math, singing, um, and certain creativities are more likely to peak older, writing, um, sculpture. And I really don't know uh, why, what, what it is that makes those, well, I do know that writing just takes more life experience to bring the depth and the richness to it. That's not, I mean, songwriting would be, would, would be more likely to um, peak older than singing would. And that's not just a voice quality, that's a creativity quality. So, I mean, this just that's just one little piece of, of research on creativity that's informative, helpful, yeah. you know, insightful. It makes you go, oh, wow, there's more to this than I ever thought about, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. And there are very 
there are a number of famous authors who first published late in life, like Louisa May Alcott of the Little House on the Prairie, Little, not Little House. No, Little Women. Little Women, Little Women. But also, um, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder of Little House, also her. I think her first, I think she was published for the first time at 62 or 65, old, you know, oldish, and died with one half written that was published really recently. Really? But anyway, yeah. So quite a few people write late um, or write their best works late. Yes. Do you feel that's the case with you that your writing improved in midlife? Um, so as I tell my clients, interestingly, if you write a novel or a memoir, the industry thinks it's your best work because you've been writing it your whole life. Mm. And that's without taking into account what age you happen to be, right? So if mm -hmm. you write a novel or a memoir at 40 or 60, whatever, they feel like it's probably your best work. You've been writing it your whole life. If you write a how-to, they feel like you're building your expertise and they'll wait for the second one, you know? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the first one, right? So there'll be a little romance in the industry for your first fictional work, which would include memoirs are treated the same, but there's a little standoffishness for your first nonfiction or how-to or self-help book. So um, do I, I feel like my self-help books are getting closer to me and less, um, Unless um, I'm going to, they're yeah. getting closer to who I am and closer to like my, my personal presence in the books is, is greater. I think when you're young, you're trying to find authority by hiding behind an objectivity. And then later you're sharing who you personally are better um, and sharing your own experience with things. And so it lands better, you know, it well, lands better. I I completely believe it. I've just never thought about that before. And since so many people who listen to this podcast are people in midlife, I hope, dear listeners, that you are encouraged by Julia's words. That's wonderful to hear because we have a lot to say and a lot more life experience than our younger counterparts. So Julia's yeah. next. Julia's latest yeah. book is called Write Without the Fight, Master Your Creative Process to Write with Ease and Satisfaction. Tell us, Julia, what made you decide to write this particular book? So have you ever heard the phrase, your mess is your message? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So love it. This, yeah. So this really is, was my mess. I was blocked. I mean, I was one of those people that nobody wouldn't consider creative. I mean, just even in the neighborhood or at schools or, you know, just, I was one of those people that everybody would consider creative. And yet what I wanted to do wasn't getting done for some reason, right? I had, I didn't consider myself blocked because I had a ton of ideas. I actually was a professional brainstormer. They would just bring me in to blat ideas for two hours on any given subject. And then we, a new person group would come in and they'd brief me on the client and the problem and the whatever in marketing and promotions mostly. And I would, again, spew ideas for about two hours in a group. I wasn't the only one spewing ideas, but I got paid well to just sit in a room and eat M&Ms and come up with ideas for one client after another. So I knew I was creative. I knew I yes. had a lot of ideas. That didn't seem like it was blocked. Blocked tends to be in people's minds, the idea of having the blank page that you can't have, don't have anything to write. But what I came to understand finally by getting this master's is 
how the creative brain works. And it works in a certain order. And if you're trying to skip one of the phases of thinking because you don't like it, because you're not good at it, because it's uncomfortable, because it drains you of energy, you're not gonna finish your stuff. End of subject. That's, that is a way of being blocked that we don't tend to, um, that we don't tend to understand about ourselves, right? So for me, it was clarifying. I didn't clarify, so I would just get an idea. I'd get started right away. I'd work really hard. And about six months later, I'd go, huh, there's a little problem here that I could have foreseen, but it's okay because I have a new idea. And I jump to the new idea and have a little fun doing that for a while. And then, oh, little problem. So you see, I'm just wasting like four months, six months, 10 months, spates of time because I didn't clarify. Mm. So I'm creative. I'm creating. I don't feel blocked, but that's a kind of block. Yes. When you're not finishing what you envision or want to do, there's a, there's a, there's an inherent block in there that can be teased out. So true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have heard a statistic that 99% of people don't finish what they start writing. Do you think that's accurate? I don't know. It's a lot. (laughs) In your experience, are you mostly coaching people who have significant writer's block? Is that? uh, I coach people who want to write and so are and are finding that for whatever reason it's not happening. So I write with my clients four days a week. Literally, we're on Zoom for an hour and we say, hello, we have a prompt and then we write. So in that way, people stay on track, absolutely. And we have weekly meetings where we talk about creativity problems, coaching problems, problems they face. So you can stay on track, right? But so um, the question was, do they have block? I think they want to avoid and prevent block. Mm. And I think they want a structure to help them write. And they want assurance that when they get to that weird spot that they, that wall they face, they have help through it or they have an idea around it. I think right. that's kind of what they want, yeah. Well, that is very useful. I, can, I know probably a hundred people who, including myself, who would benefit from your coaching. My goodness, I, I have never heard of a coach for, specifically for writer's block, but for as much as what you do with your clients. It's really a wonderful service you provide. Thank you. So this upcoming TEDx talk is the subject, this book, or what what is the subject of your upcoming TEDx talk? The subject is um, about, the, the subject is kind of in this book, but it's not, it's not aimed at writers per se, it's aimed at any creative person. And it's basically the science of creativity because I personally came through this program thinking I would just brainstorm better or facilitate brainstorming. You see what I'm saying? Like I thought I would just hop the fence and do more corporate work, but I felt like everybody in the group who's graduating even in my cohort or the cohort the year prior or the year after, were basically taking this valuable information back to corporations because that's where the money is, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I just got, I did that for about a half a year. And then I went, you know what? I just don't want to do that. I want to help people who struggle with their creativity and don't understand it because it is painful to be creative and don't understand it. You know what I mean? It's painful. Yeah, I can imagine that's the case. And sometimes 
artists or people in other media yeah. come to you for help with this? Um, so in my particular business, I'm so writer focused, be, mm -hmm. largely because I'm I'm not a, I'm a really verbal thinker. I'm not a visual thinker, which is about 30% of humans are visual thinkers. They think in images and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're likely to be, they're likely to be artists, right? So I think they don't come to my practice per se, but of course I have had a couple of author illustrators, you know, like more, more painters than, than writers and people who do both or there's not a, I mean, how many things are you creating right now? It's probably eight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's not ever just that one thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. You completely called me out on that. I have a lot right? of unfinished writing projects right now. <laughs> right. So, or not just writing, but knitting or yes. renovating a room or a soup you have to make or all those things are creative and all those things require a certain, um, I don't know, a certain approach to have the success you would like to have. I'm, I agree with you and thank you for sharing that. And I'm interested in your master's degree in creativity and I've never seen that offered at a university. So where does one go to get such a credential and to study creativity? It is a great degree, especially if there's teachers listening and you need a master's, this is the one, let me just tell you that. <laughs> it's, at, it's at Buffalo State College. Um, okay. They are the premier degree granting institute. They were the hub of the first creativity um, thinking cycle research and mm. model making and stuff. So they are, you know, they're at the center of this whole growth since the 1950s in uh, creativity knowledge. So um, it's Buffalo State College. It's a low residency program where you are there for two weeks and then you're online for the remainder of the year and then you're back for two weeks. And that two weeks makes an enormous difference because you really bond with those other creative people so that your online work is rich and personal. You know, it's, it, it changes its dynamic quite a bit to spend the two weeks together with the people, you know, getting this degree for the year. That sounds so, fantastic. Do they offer a doctorate? Um, there's only one doctorate that I'm aware of, and it's in the Bahamas, I think. Oh, I could go there. <laughs> it, it's definitely, it's definitely in a, um, it's definitely on an island. It, maybe it's, maybe it's the U.S. Virgin. I don't remember which island, but there's, there's a new doctorate program that I'm not that familiar with. Nice. Um, well, one, maybe. Next, you know, yeah, so. <laughs> maybe we'll be interviewing Dr. Julia Roberts in the future. <laughs> I don't know. I feel okay with masters. I feel like I finally got what I needed to understand my creativity and make it do what I wanted to do. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're, right. you're doing it. And Julia has several books about the writing process. And there's even a free ebook on her website called Why Am I Stuck? with some really useful tips. So thank you for offering that to the world. For free. That is for a wonderful free. offering. And um, I would love to hear maybe, could you share uh, maybe a case study of, without using names, but a case study of how you helped someone overcome some of the challenges you've described and go on to do exactly what they wanted to do? Huh. Well, I will say um, I have a club a monthly club called a writing club, writing and coaching club. And I still have every member in that club that 
joined me in the first place because a writing takes a long time but mm -hmm. b it, they love the support in that so in that club um about like 60 percent of us have finished a manuscript mm -hmm. so in and of itself that's a big undertaking and now we're in rewrites a lot of us some new people are just doing manuscripts um and i do have a client who um is submitting to submitting her short stories to you know literary magazines and drama magazines and going to be doing very well because she's an excellent writer and then i have um has anybody besides me published so far we do talk about publishing we talk about the agent letters we talk about because i'm published traditionally i'm published hybrid and i'm published self-published Mm -hmm. So I've kind of, I do know the lay of the land and I can advise on those subjects. Um, but I think everybody's writing the things that they meant to write. I mean, this one of my clients is writing like a, a four, a three volume historical um, generational story of immigration and the Jewish and mob interactions in the 1920s in New York. I mean, it is epic. It's unbelievably detailed and epic. And he gets all the language right from the 1920s. You know, the accents or the mix of Yiddish and this. And he's writing that. That's a huge undertaking that truthfully, you know, until you really are supported, you, you, you are never going to finish something that's going to end up being probably 1,500 manuscript pages. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. That sounds fascinating. I can't wait to read that one. It's, it is excellent. We do have, we have readings um, four times a year. So I have heard seven minutes of, of people's work. So, you know, you do have an understanding kind of of their voice and what they're writing. And it's really exciting. Those readings are on my YouTube channel. If you oh, want, if you wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is your YouTube channel? Um, Julia Roberts Decodes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Julia Roberts Decodes. Fantastic. Uh, so everyone, I'll put that in the show notes, but here's some free coaching and you don't want to miss this. Uh, Julia has been very generous in what she offers online. So take a look at her blog, her free ebooks, free e where she's speaking, and you too can get some in-depth uh, tips on how to be a better writer, how to use your creativity, and uh, I thank you, Julia, for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. My blog is chock a block. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Because I feel strongly about getting the information out. So if you're willing to dig, it is really, really there. You can get your master's on my blog. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking right now at your free book about called Why Am I Stuck? And the illustrations are really cute. Did you do the illustrations? I did. Um, they're very closely um, associated to Are You My Mother? Uh, P.D. Eastman's book. Otherwise, I'm not an artist. but So, I mean, you can see the duck in particular is yes. bad. <laughs> no, it's so, not. I mean, <laughs> it's artistic. Let's it's, reframe it's, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have a, a lot of ego about it, but I will say... Um, the illustrations are really closely modeled on P.D. Eastman's illustrations. And it, it's, it's why I love it. I love the simplicity of bringing really hard information to somebody in a really simple 
format like that, really familiar format like that. Yes. Um, so it was, it's because this is the kind of information that challenges your ego and you can get defensive and you can feel like, oh, so just if it's like this little storybook, you know, you might take it in differently and feel a little bit more welcoming about information about your creativity, which is so central to who you are, yes. you know? Yes, I love it. I, I should have known that it was based on Are You My Mother? And I didn't clue into that. And I love this creative approach to helping people think about their blocks and creativity. Thank you. You're welcome. I love it myself. I, but it is a pretty close deal. <laughs> but I did the drawings. I didn't just, you know, trace them. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very creative and clever. Good for you. Thank so um, I love that you did a book on gender differences in creative thinking, which is something I definitely have thought about. I work in a pretty male-dominated field. I'm a civil litigator, and we oh. definitely approach our um, preparing for trial very differently. So could you give um, maybe a couple sentences on the typical differences you see in gender creativity. So gender and thinking is pretty well researched. How that impacts creativity is actually just open-ended questions because nobody has really done any kind of experimentation or observational groups where, the, where you have sort of enough numbers that you could say this happens this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I wrote that book to, to start the dialogue on one hand. On the other hand, how they think does impact how you create. And the thinking in a sentence or two is um, women are more collaborative, men are more hierarchical. Um, and to be honest, I'm talking in terms of, let's put it this way. The, t the testosterone creates hierarchy. Mm. Um, ego, et cetera. Whereas progesterone and estrogen, which are female hormones, create collaboration, lead from behind, inclusion, a very different approach to a problem. Now, so, so women will have a spike in test testosterone in the same way men will when challenged or, or stressed. So it's not as if we never overlap or never have ability to be decisive instead of inclusive or you know hierarchical instead of collaborative but those so those are the tendencies that come from the hormonal um, load that you happen to be carrying at, at some point in your life so again men have a hormonal load that peaks at age 35 and comes down 10 percent every decade or i guess one percent a year when you think about it um, <laughs> <laughs> so they have, they have a lower hormonal load as they get past 35 and into their 50s and 60s, right? And women have a pretty low hormonal load, except if they're in their, if they're still in a cycle, they'll have, excuse me, a high hormonal load mid-cycle when they'll feel keen and decisive and kind of on top of the world. And then they'll get a higher progesterone load and they might still feel foggy and uncertain and you know, that we, we all can remember, for me, remember. Remember, <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> um, at any rate, so but, but when women go into menopause and they totally lose progesterone, it never happens anymore. So they have estrogen and testosterone. And even though they don't have anywhere near what the men have or what they might've had when they were young, it's the first time 
they have a steady access to testosterone. Wow. So you feel like you were nine. You feel connected to that nine or 10 year old girl. Yes. I'm sorry, did that break up? Okay. No, no, so I love it's, that. It's an, it's an interesting and ambitious time for women because we have beginner's mind. We have a steady, steady access to testosterone. And in general, we don't waver periodically. We just have steady energy and steady uh, decisiveness and steady ambition. It's a really, I, it gets a bad rap, but from where I sit, it's a great darn thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I can relate to what you said and I feel that, but I didn't have the words or the explanation for mm -hmm. why I felt that way. So thank you, Julia. So if you take that and think of it in terms of, of creativity, men are feeling less certain as they get older and women are feeling way more certain when they hit menopause, which nationally in the US and it's different by country, but in the US 51 and a half years old is the national average for menopause for us now. So um, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's partly why your kind of work makes sense gathering women at a certain of a certain age because there is a shift and they don't get it what it is necessarily or they don't you know what I mean but there is a darn there is a big shift in your life yes so wow so harnessing that is great value is a great value and you know validating that is a great value it absolutely is and I feel right now on top of the world Yay! <laughs> So thank you for sharing that. Jeez, um, I'm looking at some of the great offerings on your website and you talk about burnout, you talk about how to develop a really good press release. It's really chock full of information for writers that I encourage all of you out there to take a look at because Julia has offered a great deal of useful information. So Thank you. Um, is there anything upcoming other than your fabulous TED Talk and uh, your incredible book that is already out in e-form but is coming out in print June 1st? That's is there, yeah, oh, geez, it is, you're right. Is there anything else upcoming that you would like to let the listeners know about? So. I have a private Facebook group of a couple thousand people and um, it is all writers. Obviously it's called write without the fight. I love how you enunciated that when you said it earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this summer we'll be doing a uh, 100 writing days of summer. So you'll have support for writing on a regular basis and I'll be offering, and that part is free. And then I'll be offering classes every month on creativity and the creative thinking cycle. And they'll be priced for, you know, just for affordable prices to participate uh, in June, July, August, and September. So that's all going on in the Right Without the Fight Facebook group. So that's where I do, that's the heart of my business. That's where I do most of my work and where I share with writers. And, um, you know, you, you have to take your heart and your business to some home. And that's sort of my emotional home that, that, that Facebook group. I love it. And I recently joined it, but I would like, it doesn't show up on my algorithm as much as I would like it to. So I'm going to have to start uh, commenting so that it will show up when I open up Facebook. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So right, to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> right before we started recording, Julia said something that really resonated with me, which is we make bigger compromises when we're younger and fewer in midlife. Can you elaborate on that? I just love that quote. Um, you never think of something you say as a quote. <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. But, um, so you, in the beginning, not only are you trying to find yourself, but you're trying to make a living and you're trying to validate yourself. So you're making all sorts of compromises. I mean, sometimes you might even just be working at a McDonald's or you might be um, doing proofreading or something. I had an early job proofreading and I'm a terrible proofreader. <laughs> So, I mean, I am. It's just not, I'm not, I don't have the careful gene. It isn't. Okay. <laughs> one of the best things about understanding your creativity and your strengths uh -huh. is that you don't have to apologize for what you aren't. Just, yes, that's true. You know what I mean? There's, there's clarity and you don't have to apologize for that. So early on, you make all sorts of compromises and you eventually have the guts or the opportunity or the insight, the self-knowledge to push yourself towards where you're able to be more and more of who you actually personally are for money. And that's where I think that's where the, the that's where life gets really grand mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I so hopefully you make agree. fewer compromises as you grow older, because you understand yourself better. You understand your value better and you understand the world better and where you fit in. Yes. Yes. Bravo. Love that. So I ask all of our guests the following question. What do you do to become your best version? So I've mentioned this before in this time together that I was a very poor clarifier and I was a really good ideator. And these are the four phases of thinking, clarity, idea, structure, and finish, right? Mm -hmm. So I... Um, when people tried to clarify, I kind of rolled my eyes and stomped my feet or, you know, I just was impatient with it. I, it made me edgy and uncomfortable and I didn't like it. So um, what, one of the things I do is to start to recognize other people's skills and abilities and how they can help me. And I don't have to feel threatened by that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to stop, stop being an us and them person, start being a you know, let's and us, you know? I um, love it. Mm -hmm. And so, and that helps, what helps there is having a solid sense of who you are and your value, like really knowing that from your heart out so that when somebody else has that same heart on their sleeve, you can give credit and, and enjoy that and not feel like, oh, they have a different heart from me, you know? <laughs> Yes. Oh, that is such a gem. Thank you for that, Julia. I love that. And I think that anyone who listens to this podcast will come away with pearls from Julia Roberts at decodingcreativity.com. Follow her on Instagram at Julia Decodes and join her fantastic private Facebook group, Right Without the Fight. So thank you for joining us from sunny LA and we look forward to listening to your TEDx talk this summer. Thank you very much. Yes, I can't wait to get going on that. Yeah. All right. See you next week. See you next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm like, my on next week. <laughs> no, but you'll be listening into our next. I, will, uh, I certainly next will. Person. I certainly will. I look forward to it. All Thank right. You. Take care. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.